I want to start uh, by reading you part of an article. This was from, uh, let's see, a leadership magazine, and it's kind of a, an old article. So in an, address, in an address to ministers, Fred Craddock caught the practical implications of consecration. He says, to give my life for Christ appears glorious. To pour myself out for others, to pay the ultimate price of martyrdom, I'll do it. I'm ready, Lord, to go out in a blaze of glory. We think giving our all to the Lord is like taking a $1,000 bill and laying it on the table. Here's my life, Lord. I'm giving it all. But the reality for most of us is that he sends us to the bank and has us cash in that $1,000 bill for quarters. We go through life putting out 25 cents here and 50 cents there, listening to the neighbor kids' trouble instead of saying, get lost, going to the committee meeting, giving a cup of water to a shaky old man in a nursing home. Usually, giving our life to Christ isn't glorious. It's done in all those little acts of love, 25 cents at a time. It would be easy to go out in a flash of glory. It's harder to live the Christian life little by little over the long haul. Our mothers understand this passage, right? It's little things here and there that they do for for us, their children, and um, oftentimes, and I think of my wife a lot of times when I'm thinking of mothers, oftentimes wondering, is any of this making any difference at all? But moms, this is the way we live the Christian life. And this makes a huge difference. It's those little 25, 50 cent things that your children will remember their whole lives. And as my wife is reminded quite often, as the kids will come up and say something back to her, they'll remember a Bible story she told them or something she taught them. You have all those little victories. And this is the same for all of us in the Christian life. We serve God and we love others 25, 50 cents at a time. And we just have to trust that the Spirit is doing a good work in the lives of those that we are ministering to. And today we're going to talk about, because this is what it looks like when we have faith, we live 25, 50 cents at a time, and this is what we're going to talk about today. What does it look like for us to have faith? What is God calling us to do? And then how should we do what he's calling us to do? Would you open with me to uh, Acts 9, 36 to 43? So page 778 in your pew Bible, if you want to grab that. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which when translated is Dorcas, who, always, who was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lida was near Joppa, 
So when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once. Peter went with them. And when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called the believers and the widows and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We pray, Lord, that today you would speak to us through your word, that you would reveal to us our next step in our walk with you, that next step towards holiness, that you would reveal to us what true faith looks like, how we should live into that faith, Lord. Father, reveal to each of us the message that you have for us today. Oh, Lord, pour your spirit out on this place and let each of us leave here looking a little more like your son Jesus than when we walked in the door. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Tabitha was loved by the people in her town. But why? Why was this woman so loved? And we see in this passage, it tells us why the widows came and they stood around Peter and they showed him the clothing she had made for them. It was just robes and other pieces, articles of clothing. It was 25, 50 cents at a time that she was pouring out on each of the people in that community. And they loved her for it. So when she dies, they were understandably upset. There was a great deal of sorrow in the community. They have lost a great follower of Christ. But what we also see in the community is a great deal of faith and a great deal of hope. So we want to begin by looking at the faith. Who in this passage had faith? What did it look like for each one? What did their faith look like? We see the disciples, or the followers of Christ. They were the the Christians, so Tabitha's brothers and sisters in the Lord. They had faith. They were the ones who, they they cleaned her body, but they didn't bury her right away, right? They took her to an upper room, and they left her there for a bit. Because there was some faith that God was going to show up and do something. These disciples had so much faith that they heard that Peter was in a nearby village. And they walked all the way to Peter to to get him. Now, Lydda is about 10 to 11 miles away from Joppa. So these disciples had so much faith that, they, that Peter was going to do something. I don't know if they thought that he would raise her from the dead, that he would resuscitate her from the dead. 
but they had faith that Peter could do something, that God could do something. And they walk 10 to 11 miles to get him and 10 to 11 miles to come back. The disciples had faith. Do you have that kind of faith? Do we have that kind of faith? When we hear that somebody is struggling or when we are struggling, will we even get out of our chair Or a better question, will you even get out of your pew to come down front to pray, to allow people to pray with you? Do you have the faith that God will do something, that God can bring healing to your illnesses, that God can bring freedom from your addictions, that God can bring hope and peace to your struggles with stress or anxiety? They walked 10 miles because they believed that God could do something Can we walk the 10 to 20 feet to allow our brothers and sisters to pray with us here in this church? Do we have the faith that these disciples had? And I know some of you will say, well, I can pray from home. God hears me. And you're right, God does hear you. But God's word also tells us where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am with you. There's a value and an importance in us praying together and lifting us up in prayer. But you know what? If you really want to hold on to that, I'm a little too embarrassed to come to the front. Ten feet away, there's a door to a prayer room, and we've usually got somebody watching that door, and they will pray with you here. Do we have faith? Is the reason that we stay in our pews really because we're too embarrassed to come up front, or is it because we don't really believe that God can can do anything different as we all pray to him? These disciples had faith. They had faith in the power of prayer. They had faith in the power of God to heal. That is their faith. Peter also had faith. You notice that in this passage... The disciples from Joppa go to Lydda and they get Peter. And all it says that they told him was, come with us. They didn't re-explain the whole thing. And now, when I was thinking about this yesterday, I thought, well, maybe they're lazy writers like I am. (laughs) And they just didn't want to write out the whole story again of re-explaining. But then I thought, all through the scriptures, we see things repeated over and over again where the writers rewrote the entire story. I think it's on purpose that all we see is that the disciples went and said, Peter, you need to come with us. Peter had faith. Peter didn't question. He just dropped what he was doing and walks 10 to 11 miles to follow them to Joppa. That's faith. And Peter had faith when he prayed over Tabitha. How many of us are hesitant to pray for healing with somebody? Because what if God doesn't answer? Who am I to pray? Or I don't know how to pray. Peter didn't question any of that. Peter knew what we were called to do and he did it. That is faith. When we are called, do we have faith enough to be obedient and do what God is calling us to do? And the third person in this passage who had faith was Tabitha. 
Now, Tabitha didn't, I'm not saying that when she was deceased, she had a faith that, re, that resuscitated her. We see Tabitha's faith in her works when she was alive. You see, Tabitha, and I'm very confident in saying this, as a follower of Christ, she wasn't doing those good works, those good deeds, to earn her way into God's good graces. She wasn't thinking, I need to do so many good things so it'll balance out the bad things. Tabitha had faith, and her works were an overflow of the Spirit of God working in her. And we're going to talk about that a little more in a minute here. We're going to talk about why do we do good works, and we're going to talk about where do our good works come from if we are followers of Jesus Christ. But first, I want, to ask, I want you to ask yourselves a couple questions. And we're going to, there they are. I want you to ask yourself, do you have faith? And I want you to really take a minute to ponder that question. I know the easy answer is for a lot of you will be, yes, I'm here every Sunday, right? But do you have faith? Do you believe that God can heal you? Do you believe that God can free you from your addictions? That he can free you from your struggles? And do you, do you see God working in and around you? A couple weeks ago, we did some Lectio Divina, and we just spent some time going over the passage. So take a moment, just really ask yourself these questions. If the answer to the first one is no, then we're going to talk about that in a minute. But here's where the tricky part comes in. If the answers to two, three, or four are no, but you answered yes for the first one, we need to rethink your first answer. Because if the answer to two, three, and four is no, then I'm telling you what, the answer to number one is also no. Because if we have faith, we are going to have two, three, and four. They will all be yes, or they're all no. Do we have faith? And if not, then what do we do? And there's a theme that runs throughout the New Testament. And that theme is Jesus and the apostles, when they heal people, when they deliver people from demonic possession, whatever it is, when they um, do anything, they don't just walk away. Oftentimes, there's an action that follows the healing. In our passage here, Peter tells Tabitha, get up. So the action was, you have been, res you have been re resuscitated, get up. A little before this passage in the same chapter, Peter tells Aeneas to get up, roll up your mats, and get going. In Ephesians 5, Paul will tell the Ephesians the same thing. He says, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Listen to this next part. Making the most of every opportunity, get up. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. 
Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, again, listen to this, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. There's an action that follows our faith. There's an action that follows our healing. Constantly when people are finding forgiveness, healing, freedom, they're being called to follow through with an action. And we are being called to action. But what does that look like? Does that mean we need to try harder? That we need to do more? I'm going to say no. That's a weird answer for many of you. No, it doesn't mean we try harder. It doesn't mean we do more. It means we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit and we be ready to do all that the Holy Spirit is calling us and empowering us to do. We uh, struggle with opening ourselves up to the Spirit, we struggle with viewing that as an action. Because today the world tells us that prayer is a waste of time. That meditating on Scripture is a waste of time. I don't have time to sit there and pray and talk to God. It's a waste of time. But Jesus says, well, Jesus holds out his hand to you and says, come, waste some time with me. Did you hear that? Come and waste some time with me. That is the action that Jesus is calling us to. That is where we need to be focused. And when we are focused on that, all the other stuff will be taken care of. And that is how we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit. But I want to share a little more of what this looks like. And I know that we have a lot of people here. We, we like our visuals. So the big thing of water was not really because I make it thirsty on the stage or on the altar here. As a matter of fact, it's water from the sink. You would never want to drink this water. So my child found that out this summer. We, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and this will kind of tie into what we're doing today. She said to me, you know, at church, we need to talk more about holiness. And I hope that when you hear these messages, you recognize that much of what we are talking about is holiness. It's about that path that leads to God. It's about putting ourselves in a position to allow the Holy Spirit to work in us and through us. As Wesleyans, John Wesley was kind of, he's credited with, that was the beginning of the holiness movement, was with John Wesley as we began to live differently. I was feeling pretty confident, but I know I'm going to make a mess, so... But 
But John Wesley kind of began that holiness movement, that time of allowing God to work in us and through us. John Wesley had a, a prayer, um, like a foot thing there, the kneel, I'll put a kneeler. Jeez, that's an easy word, isn't it? He had a, a prayer kneeler. And uh, I can't remember if it was Pastor Joe, somebody recently that I talked to, they had been there and they had seen his prayer kneeler and it was worn from all the time he spent on his knees in prayer. Guys, that is what we are being called to. This week, I had a rough week. And it wasn't rough in the sense that anything went wrong. It was rough because I failed in a particular area. And it was this. It was allowing myself time to spend with God, to hear from God, and to be filled with the Spirit. And I didn't think about this until I was putting the finishing touches on the sermon yesterday, that this was my issue this week. <clears throat> it was a really busy week. We're still playing catch-up from Easter, and, uh, which means I'm trying to call a lot of people and meet with a lot of people. We had a lot of meetings this week, so it was 12-hour days for the first three days of this week. And I was drained by the end of it. By Thursday, I was just wiped out. Um, but the exhaustion happened much earlier. And I realized that the problem was, was that I would wake up each morning, and this was me, and I would go throughout the day, and I would pour myself into other people until there was nothing left. And then I would go to bed and I'd wake up and you have a little more energy first thing. And you can go out and you can do it again and just pour yourself into other people. But you can only do that for so long when we're doing it on our own power. That's why it's so important that we spend that time each day allowing the Spirit to fill us. You may want to say a little prayer here. You guys may be in a splash zone. I don't know. Um, because when I am spending time in prayer and I am spending time in the Word of God and I am filled with the Spirit, you see, it's prayer. Whoa, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> I promise I did this in the kitchen yesterday and it worked beautifully. <laughs> uh. We're going to cheat. I'm just going to hold the cup. That makes more sense, huh? It's spending time in prayer. It's spending time in studying the scriptures. It's spending time really meditating on what God is speaking to us. Maybe fasting, maybe worship, maybe uh, service, whatever the gifts are that God is giving to us. And when we do this, we see that we are constantly filled, but not only are we filled, but the people around us are filled as well. The champagne things work a lot better. Um, but you get what we're saying here, right? At the end of the day, when I am allowing the Spirit to constantly fill me, I'm not being emptied. I am just giving out of the overflow of what the Spirit has done in my life. 
That is what we are called to do. We are not called to try harder. We are not called to just do more and add more into our schedules until we're ignoring our families or ruining our own mental well-being. All we're called to do is to spend time with the Spirit and He will reveal to us what He would have us do. He will do the work in us and through us and we will never be empty. And once we get to that place to where we are constantly filled with the Spirit, we will begin to gain confidence because we will see the Spirit working in us and through us and around us all the time. We will grow in confidence and we will be able to, like Peter, be bold in our faith. You see, Peter didn't just walk up to Tabitha and... and uh, timidly pray, God, if you will. I believe Peter went up to Tabitha and he got down on his knees and he prayed. And when he got the green light from God, because he was so close to God, so filled with the Spirit, that when God gave him the green light and said this was going to happen, Peter didn't question it again. Just like he didn't question those disciples from Joppa, he just went. He didn't question God, he just did. He stood up and said, Tabitha, get up. When we are filled with the Spirit, when we are growing in our faith and wisdom and understanding, we too can be bold. In the past, I have failed at this as well. There were times when I knew God had called me to pray for healing for different people. And there was one in particular that was a difficult one, would have been a difficult one to pray for. But I knew God was calling me to do it, and I didn't do it. My concerns were, he wasn't a believer. What if it doesn't work? What if God doesn't heal him? What is that going to make God look like? Or what am I going to look like? We can't question those things. When God calls us to pray for somebody, whatever it is, we just need to do what God has called us to do. And we need to do that with boldness. We need to pray boldly. We need to live boldly. We need to serve boldly. We need to expect God to show up however it is that he is going to show up. I remember in 2013, we went to Cuba with the youth. A lot of the youth kids went and my big takeaway from Cuba, I had heard all these awesome things about the church in Cuba, and I was disappointed the first day, and I remember I was talking to Pastor Doug Kibbe, him and I were rooming together, and uh, he asked me what I thought. He was all excited because he loved Cuba, and I'm like, I'm disappointed. I expected something profound to happen here. I keep hearing how this is so incredible, the Cuban church, and it's just like our church. There's nothing different here. And what I discovered throughout that week was that when we began to get bold and expect God to show up, God showed up in some mighty ways. And when we came back here all the time with the youth band, as we pray ahead of time, we would talk about that. We would pray for that. God, show up. We are expecting you to show up. And when we all had that attitude that God was going to show up, we saw some amazing things happen do you expect God to show up on a Sunday morning? 
Are you expecting God to show up when you're struggling with stress or anxiety? Are you expecting God to show up when you're going, facing an illness or someone you loved has an illness? Can we boldly begin to expect God to show up when we pray and start living our lives boldly for him? Because we can do these things. And what would it look like if we had the faith of those disciples in Joppa who traveled to get Peter? What would it look like in our lives if we invited and allowed the Holy Spirit to continually fill us to overflowing as Tabitha did? And what would it look like if we prayed and acted with boldness like Peter did? Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you again and we praise you for all that you are doing in our church, all that you are doing in our lives, and all that you are doing through us, Lord. Continue to grow us. Help us to be bold, Father. And help us to be holy as you are holy. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So now during uh, this time of reflection, we can reflect on the ways that maybe God has spoken to us during this service. We can reflect on what he's calling us to do, how he's calling us to use his gifts the gifts that he has given to us. We can reflect on the ways that he has blessed us financially and the ways that we can uh, give back to him. We have offering baskets in the back when you leave. And um, if you are new here today, this is not for you. You are not asked to give. We are just thankful you are here. But if you are a faithful member of this church, that is how we give back to God, our tithes and our offerings. And also during this time of reflection, this is a good time for us to come to the front and pray for whatever maybe God has revealed to us that we need to give over to him. Or if there's a healing that we are asking for, freedom that we are asking for, now is the time to come and allow others to pray with you as well. Don't kill yourself on the mess up here, okay? (laughs) It's a lot of paperwork. search the world but it couldn't fill me and man's empty praise and treasures of fate are never enough then you came along and put me back together And every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Hey, oh, there's nothing. 
you guys but I'm not done worshiping yet are you okay so we're gonna go back into that but before we do I just want to talk to you for a second because I know personally I always thought the Holy Spirit was just this light fluffy right he comes in the wind of the whisper he's this peaceful guy and I thought that's what he was and recently over the last few months he's been showing me that he is a lion that he is fierce that he is bold and that he lives in us. And what I can tell you is right now I am shaking because without him, I would not be doing this. This is not me. This is not me talking up here. And so you have to be bold and you have to think about the fact that the lion is the one that is giving you the power. The lion is the one going out and healing. The lion is the one going out and fighting for you and for the people in your life. And so let yourself be the lion let him be the lion in you and we are just going to go back into the bridge and we are just going to declare that with boldness because i know you have it in you so let's go church Shade into glory, you'll be 